Hey there, new listener. Thank you for giving Four Orbs a shot. We are super happy to have a new companion. I'm Dave, the Dungeon Master, and I wanted to give you a little disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. This audio was originally recorded October 12th, 2016. I'm recording this disclaimer on January 14th, 2020. I'm here to let you know that Four Orbs has developed quite a bit as a production over the course of our podcasting journey. I've come back and remastered this episode so that it isn't so harsh to listen to, and I plan to do as many episodes as I can until I'm called up to a point I'm comfortable with. Also, I make 99% of the music used in our podcast, and over the course of time, I've learned a lot of new techniques with the music, sound effects, scene ambience, and simply making our voices sound as pretty as I can with the hardware we have. I'm recording this on the new hardware, for example. We aren't perfect, but the later and current episodes really are exponentially better sound-wise. We do have a series recap, which is episode 40, and it covers all of the series up to that point. If you want to skip ahead, some of our new listeners have done so successfully to catch up, but you will miss out on some great scenes and stories. But that's really all I have to say at this point, so strap on your boots and sharpen your blades. You have an adventure ahead of you. Four Orbs is sponsored by BattleBards.com. BattleBards has a vast library of music, sound effects, creature sounds, weapon attacks, and scenery soundscapes that you could bring to your own tabletop game. Sign up today at BattleBards.com and use promo code ORBS at checkout for a special offer. This episode has been remastered. Welcome to the first episode with actual play of the Four Orbs. My name is Dave Cole and I will be your Dungeon Master for the Four Orbs. And today we will be playing the introduction episode to set the stage for the episodes to come. The two players and I have discussed their character sheet details beforehand and I've given them a little bit of grasp of how their characters are portrayed and their background. Now, typically I am the kind of DM that is completely against railroading, but with this specific scenario with our introduction episodes and this one as well, we are going to be doing a little bit of railroading just to set the stage for you listeners. So after all these introduction episodes, it will become more and more open world to our players. So welcome to the podcast, Dean and Garrison. Hey. A good day. Dean and Garrison are not one of our five main players, but Garrison today will be playing a human level three warlock named Drus Balfour. And Dean will be playing an elvish level three ranger named Phelan Morris. Drews is a member of an organization called the Crimson Command. He is a scout for the organization to investigate rumors of imbalance within the Equilibrium. The Crimson Command is highly respected throughout most of Aces as they keep the world within that peaceful balance. The Crimson Command has become much more active in Aces over recent years. This is due to evidence proving prophecies of violence and war becoming possibly true. These prophetic events have members of the Crimson Command feeling uneasy, and now Drews has been sent by the Crimson Command to scout a small village on the outside edge of Duelwood, a large forest in northern Televastral. 
There have been rumors of a moving magical stone pedestal reported by the village chief. And according to that chief, this moving pedestal is altering the forest's environment. Druce, as you enter the village from your long journey, the village folk pause in their duties and stare. You continue to walk into the center of the village. You feel a little uneasy as you move through the village, as it seems the village folk do not appear to be welcoming of you. But as you approach the council stone circle, a human man stands and welcomes you formally with a stagnant face. Druce Balfour, I presume. Yes, sir, that is I. Thank you for coming on such short notice. My name is Galvin. I'm sure you are weary from your travels. Will you please join me under the gazebo and discuss your investigation? That would be quite lovely. He leads you to a small gazebo, and as you enter the gazebo, you see platters of fruits and vegetables laid out on a circular table. And on the far side of the gazebo, you see an elf restringing a bow. Druce, this is Phelan, one of our hunters here in the village. Phelan was the first one that had seen the pedestal, but others have reported seeing the pedestal as well. I will let you continue further with him and discuss what might have been going on with the pedestal as I did not see it myself. Before I do leave and let you discuss this further with him, I do want to mention something that I accidentally left out of the report. I forgot to mention a request that maybe you could also investigate why the Fae of the Force have become so hostile recently. You see, I'm sending Phelan with you not because I fear that you need him in the Force for your investigation, but for mostly your protection. Phelan knows the Fae, and he's an excellent archer, and we trust him to protect you if you need any protection while you are in Duelwood. I'm willing to have all the help I can on this journey. Galvin uh, exits the gazebo and allows you two to meet formally, allows you to discuss anything you wish. Good day, Phelan. Uh, I am Druce Balfour. I am a warlock here to help you on this quest. Greetings, Druce. It's a pleasure to meet you. Could you give me a breakdown of the things you saw with this pedestal? The event, as I recall it, I was standing on a hill, perched, one might say, and uh, looking down and uh, through some dense shrubbery, I saw this stone object that seemed a bit abnormal and out of place. I descended from the hill and passed through the dense shrubbery, and as I arrived on the other side of it, the pedestal had disappeared. That is the extent of my interaction with it. It's you quite mysterious. dealt with nothing that was trying to attack you? There were no hostile creatures in, in the surrounding area, at least not to my knowledge. And uh, how far away is this pedestal? Away from me at the time or away from us? Away from us currently. How long of a journey until we are there? My location at the time relative to where we are now is perhaps a two-hour walk. Brisk hike. We could probably make it a little quicker than that. Uh, as my command has given me orders to solve this problem or investigate further and report back as soon as possible, I, I believe that we should possibly rest if you need it and then head as soon as possible. What time of day is it? It is late in the afternoon, so you may want to rest for the night, considering there's hostile fae in the area, in the woods. 
it might be worse dealing with it at night. It's really your call. Uh, if you feel rushed, feel free to go into the forest now. Uh, otherwise, Galvin or Balin here could probably offer you, Druze, a place to stay for the night. As it's late in the day, I feel like maybe leaving in the morning would probably be the best idea. That, that seems the best option. Uh, parched, I walk my way to a pitcher of water, pouring a glass half full. I drink the water to two-thirds of that half full. <laughs> Um, there are there's still time for you guys to discuss anything you'd like to discuss i guess i should mention as i saw the pedestal from quite some distance uh i should note that it wasn't just uh, the pedestal alone uh perched atop the pedestal was kind of a, a green sphere that looked foreign to me not something i would have recognized it's just Green in color, or was it giving off a light of some sort? No markings that you could see? No, 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 not from that distance. Uh, these things that you speak of are odd to me and foreign. Uh, I am very much looking forward to investigating them. Uh, until then, I will continue drinking my water, and I drink it down to empty. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, if you'd like, we can offer you uh, shelter for the night. Uh, unless you have some other means of accommodation, but... If you have shelter available, I would very much like that, and possibly a restroom. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, we can... So after about an hour or so, y'all continue eating around the gazebo with the fruits and vegetables that were laid out, unless you're just going to drink water the whole time, Drace? No, I, I am no longer parched from the half a cup that I had drunk prior. <laughs> Um, so after about an hour of you two, you know, discussing who you are and introducing yourselves further, Galvin comes back to the gazebo. I hope you enjoyed your dinner for it. We, yeah, that's not the voice. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just People that remember close. that voice are, are nitpicky. You really think like somebody's listening well, to this? They're like, that's not the same voice. <laughs> Fuck this guy. I'm not listening to episode six. <laughs> Whatever fucking episode. I think the water drinking will really hold them in. <laughs> yeah. I hope you enjoyed your dinner. That's I have a place for you to sleep. It's not on it either. No, I don't think that's it either. <laughs> hold on, maybe if I go back to the first slide, I can remember. Pretend that, like, Drew's bell for, I presume. That's, yeah, that's maybe. whatever. That's probably close enough. Honestly, I don't remember it well enough. Your voice got scratchy between then and now. Like, oh, I have seemed to lose my voice at the time. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the dinner we left out for you. I have a place for you to sleep in my house if you need, Druce. Will you be heading out tomorrow morning? Uh, yes, we would like to head out at first light. Well, you're welcome to stay with me. Phelan may have a place for you to stay as well if you'd like to stay with him to discuss things further. Preferably, I would like to stay with Phelan to possibly get to know him better. I can make those accommodations. There's plenty of space in my home. If there's anything you need from the village, let us know. We can supply rations if you need them, or anything else that would be something you would do use out in the woods. That's a horrible way to put that. I understand what you meant. <laughs> <laughs> Galvin once again leaves the gazebo, and the two of you move forward onto Phelan's home. Phelan's home is outside of the village, like just outside the village. It's a small like straw hut cottage style thing, but it's well structured. Um, and he shows you inside. There's a couch, a rocking chair, and you can see like his bedroom is basically part of the living room as well. Like everything is just one big room in this hut. Greetings, welcome to my home. Uh, it's, you know, quaint, I guess I might say. But 
Um, you're welcome to take the the bed, and I'll find my rest elsewhere. You see, like all over the hut, um, like uh, skins of animals. You see, like a, a mounted like boar's head. You are gathering from looking around this hut that he's actually probably a hunter of the village. I, I see that you are prone to hunting. That is true. I spend nearly all of my time hunting. What would you say is the most dangerous of game that you yourself have killed? Uh, uh, I'm going to need some help on that one there, Dave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you could make it up. I don't, yeah, I don't want to make up some creature that doesn't exist. I mean, it could be just some kind of like typical forest animal. I slay the bewildered beast. What, I don't, what is that? I, I mean, just come up with like a, like there's dire animals. Uh, ooh, so like a dire pigeon. Sure. <laughs> With flight. I'd have to say the the most dangerous beast I ever encountered and killed was a, a dire boar. Quite vicious. How long ago was this? Had to have been two years ago. Could you go into deep detail <laughs> exactly <laughs> What this hunt so look like? Phelan moves forward with a discussion of this boar and how the event <laughs> unfolded for him to destroy and kill this dire boar in the forest and how he, it took such an effort for him to drag it back home. But as night falls, so does the need for slumber. And so you find a resting place, Drews, in on the sofa. Uh, I was offered his bed. I do decline. I have been sleeping on the ground for the entirety of the journey here and have found that the ground is where I find comfort and sleep. Understandable. I will take the bed then. And in my time (laughs) left over, I guess, for the rest of the day, I will uh, craft 30 good berries. Craft? You mean spell. make a like, cast a cast, spell good berry berries to okay. give myself thirty. So you're gonna 30. cast good berry three times, yes. which will give you thirty good berries. So that those good berries will sustain you per day, uh, but they only have potency for twenty four hours. And if you eat one, it gives you one health point back. You can eat multiple ones to give you more health. Right. So uh, in your preparation the night before you leave, you did make the good berries uh, and you kind of waited a little bit further into the night. That way they had a little bit more potency because you only need to meditate for four hours as an elf. So while Drew slept, you prepared things here and there for your journey into the dual wood tomorrow. Do I have other uh, provisions in my hut that I can just grab? Uh, Food? Bed rolls. Bed rolls. Yeah, all of your dried meats. There are some dried meats. Rope. Yeah, perhaps. Anything you would require. Flint and steel. On a camping journey, basically. And should I make effort to place those things in my inventory or what? No, we'll we'll not worry about that. Okay. If you ask for anything that's kind of out of the ordinary, like an explorer's pack in my eyes would... Jackhawk 5000. Yeah, I don't know what a Jackhawk 5000 is. (laughs) It's like a... Like a big, big machete kind of thing. All right. Available at Walmart. <laughs> you mean fantasy Walmart? Yes, fantasy Walmart. But like if you were to request, say, a crowbar, crowbar is not going to be in an explorer's pack. So you're not going to have those kind of provisions. Probably doesn't exist in the world anyway. It does actually. Really? Yep. That's bizarre to me, but that's cool. Whatever. Um, before falling asleep, I cast Unseen Servant to <laughs> make my bed area and clean up the hut, also to help with any packing that uh, my host So made before Drews goes to sleep, he uh, whispers a cantation in the hut, 
and you see that stuff just starts to move around in the hut. And it seems to be that it's making things in a more organized, tidied up way. What wizardry is this? It's exactly what you say. It is wizardry. Warlockery. 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 This is my invisible servant who is going to do the work that we no longer have to do. Upon that, I lay my head to rest and fall deep into sleep. And I will make my berries or whatever. All right. So you do the preparations that we have now been discussing for five too long. (laughs) (laughs) The next morning, you wake up roughly around the same time. When I say wake up, I mean, Elf, you come out of your meditation. Yeah. And uh, the two of you pack up your gear. And you head back into the village to get into get onto the road to lead into Dualwood. On your exit, is there anyone else you want to talk to? You would you like to approach Galvin or anyone else? I would like to approach Galvin. So you approach Galvin, and he says, "Oh, welcome back. I'm glad to see that you had a restful sleep. How can I help you today, Drus?" Uh, yes, Galvin. I just need to know before we finally set out. Uh, is there any word of possibly some creature that is uncommon to my ranger friend here that has been reported? Well, he's our top hunter. If he hasn't seen it, no one else in this village has. Well, then I no longer need you and would like to go on about my day. Well, I, I hope you have a safe journey. Yeah, me too. <laughs> and you exit the scene, I'm assuming. <laughs> oh, yeah, I get out of there. <laughs> yeah, I dip. I'm out. So, Phelan, you lead Druce towards the towards Dualwood. The, North. The, it's actually to the east. Oh, uh, I don't trust you this guy You said you were cool for me to just make stuff up. <laughs> and then every time I make some stuff up, you're going to just contradict. All right, cool. Well, going well, east. Well, for the sake of the map that is on the website. Oh, that makes sense. All right, fine, dude. Whatever, dude. Maybe give me the map before we start this shit. Oh, yeah, right, here it is. Let's, let's pause. Five seconds and then go, let's head east. What's the website? What's the name? <laughs> oh, it's fourorbs.org. I'm glad you asked. Is that in game? Did Gelvin just yell that to us? Oh, go to fourorbs.org. You want to see the map of the surrounding area? <laughs> so the Pull village- out your smartphone. <laughs> we all got one. <laughs> so the village sits about a thousand feet away from Dualwood, and there is a path that, not like a, uh, a road, but it's just like a well beaded path that all the hunters and gatherers use to get to the forest. And uh, you lead Druce down to the forest. So you enter the forest and you start walking around for a while. And you're following this path for quite some time as the path leads deeper into the forest, but eventually it does just kind of meld into the forest because people don't usually go that deep into the forest. And after about an hour and a half of walking, you notice that there are sections of the path about 40 feet wide that seem to be uprooted. So like this well-beaten path is, you know, going through the forest and you come across this section that's cut with uprooted something. It's almost like something was underground, but it's not elevated to the point where it like really pushed dirt upwards. It's just like almost like a bunch of farmers came through with like a bunch of plows and just plowed through the area. You said the sections are 40 feet wide? 40 feet wide. Does this look familiar to me at all? You haven't seen this, no. Okay. And as you walk onto this uprooted earth, it does feel soft underneath your feet. Give me investigation checks. 
14. Six. Okay. Druce, you walk around on the soft dirt and you're just kind of confused. Like, you can't really seem to gather anything about it, which is very odd for you as you're an investigator for the Crimson Commands. But, Phelan, you quickly figure out that on the left and right side of the path, there are broken trees and limbs, almost like an animal move through, like a big animal. But it's odd because there's no footprints. On this soft dirt, if it's moving through, you would think it would leave some kind of tracks. So I reach down and grab a handful of this soft, fresh topsoil, sniff it. Drews, it seems as though a creature has moved through here, quite a large one, as you can most likely tell, seeing as how your investigative skills are probably quite high. I, I look at the ranger and I stroke my beard, as I do when I am frustrated, and say, yeah, I knew, I knew all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> do you care to give me a bluff check? Damn. <laughs> Damn. Did they give me an insight check, Phelan? Nine. Uh, where's the bluff at? Well, you rolled a ten. Uh, probably deception, actually. Deception. Ooh, deception. Uh, so 13. All right. So, Fela, do you believe that Druce does know what's going on here exactly? Well, don't you think it's odd that there aren't any real tracks left by this creature? There's just this, up, this you know, potential creature. There's all this uprooted ground, this destroyed earth. But I, I then, uh, again, stroking my beard out of frustration, I, I, I say, I'm sorry, I lied. Uh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> I'm quite confused. You don't have I, to actually act like you're stroking your beard because you might touch your mic. Oh, shit. <laughs> um, <laughs> I want to. Um, so I say, it, it does seem like you're right that something large would have moved through here do you think we should follow this path or do you think we should go for possibly some height to try to determine where it's at and where it's moving? If something is moving through the area like this with any sort of height, we should be able to see it. So I have a pretty good knowledge of the surrounding area. Uh, what's, I mean, are, are there any heights around here where we might be able to spot, get a good vantage point to spot? Possibly a I mean, small mountain or, or a large hill. There's, I mean, there's hills everywhere. So, I mean, you might be able to find a pretty sizable hill. Now, I will say you look down the path and you actually see that there's more sections that are uprooted. Right. You go to them and they just seem to be passing all over the place, kind of like zigzagging all over the path. Can I check to see, I guess to check the soil from different paths to determine which one is fresher? Sure, give me a survival check. Okay. 10. I check the paths to see which one is fresher. <laughs> Smooth move, Drews. Uh, Real clever. <laughs> Give me a survival check, Drews. I don't even know if crit. mine failed or not. Crit, crit hit. All right. So you pass over about eight or nine paths, and you see that there are more ahead. But this one seems to be the sh the like the freshest. But you can't tell if it's going left or right. Okay. Uh, I point at the path, uh, I look at my friend, and I say, I know some things. What are those things? Th this is the freshest of the paths that you were looking for and I uh, found. Well, that's fantastic. Can you tell him which direction it leads? You know, I could get it down to a 50-50. <laughs> Can I inspect the broken branches to see in which direction they fell? Sure, give me a investigation check. Eight. 
I would like to inspect the broken branches <laughs> and determine which way they had fallen. It's almost as if there's two of me playing the game. <laughs> 19. Yes, Drew, you're able to determine that the path that you're on, the movement seems to be going north, so left. All right, uh, it seems to be going north or to the left of us if you would like to follow this path. It's quite a large creature that would have made these tracks. I'm concerned that perhaps whatever it is, especially with the aggression of all the fae in this forest, at least recent, recently, we might not be capable of dealing with whatever this may be. Mm -hmm. Right. If we do track it, we must do so carefully. I am fine with tracking at the speed that you find comfortable. Then I suppose we shall make some efforts to track this beast. All right. So to speed things up a little bit, you continue down this path of uprooted earth, and you actually camp three nights in a row in the woods. You're continuing to follow this path as well as you can, but you don't ever seem to be catching up to whatever this thing that's doing this destruction to the environment. But on the third night, you find a small clearing for camp and give me perception checks. 25. 14. As you look into this grove, you see that it's a small grove with like really soft padded grass, so it seems perfect for camping. And as you look across, you see there's this shining green light across the grove. It's kind of piercing through the forest on the opposite side of the grove. Not only that, you see these small little white lights kind of floating all across the grove. Almost like fireflies, but they seem a little bit bigger than fireflies. And on top of that, in the glare of that green light, you see the silhouette in the shape of a small circular pedestal with a small circular object on top. And as you look further across and then kind of scan the area, you notice that these small little white lights are actually sprites, uh, which are like small little fairies, uh, fae fairies. I'm a level three warlock. I think I know this. Oh, right. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Druce, you don't notice this, but Phelan, you do with your perception. There's a bit of heavy brush movement across the grove. Something big is on the other side, but not too big, something humanoid size. And not only that, as you kind of look at that brush a little further, you notice the silhouette of a humanoid man standing near the brush on the right side of the green glare. But you see nothing on the left side. Drews, can you see off in the distance the brush movement and the silhouette of that man over there? Are you saying this quietly? Depends on my distance from the people. The, the diameter of this circular shaped grove is about 40 feet. Oh, then yeah. Okay, sorry. Uh, that wasn't if that Yeah, was... that, that's, yeah. Then yes, I would be quiet about it. Okay. Really give me a, I, I I give me a stealth check. Okay. Uh, 14. You notice no extra movement as you speak to Druce. I, I cast a wizard message and I say, Hey, you, you know that we could have been talking like this the whole time. And, well, I mean, for the record, hold on. I think message is for like one passage back and forth, like not just 
communicating like conversations. <laughs> no, like instant messages. Well, dude. I need to, I need to know this. Pull out your smartphone for. I thought it was like a magic cell phone. You can cast a spell through. Uh, you point your finger toward a creature within range and whisper a message. The target and only the target hears the message and can re- and reply in a whisper that only you can hear. The duration only lasts one round, so six seconds. So, so I point at you and I'm like, totally didn't see it. But hey, uh, from now on, we can communicate like this. The wizard message messenger. Yeah, you can just you <laughs> can, if you wizard, whisper back. Wizard messenger, then, then you'd still have hear. to speak it like. Out you have to speak it, but no one else can hear. It says no one else can hear. So yes, no one else can hear. Oh, so I don't have to whisper. I could fucking shout. Well, it, it says like it says that it says you whisper. whisper. So I just assume it's you uh, being like. It's like a wizard whisper. <laughs> sure. <laughs> That's how this has to happen. Yeah. So yeah, I whisper in return. Yeah, this seems like a better form of communication. Is it a level zero spell? Yes, it is. Oh, so yeah, yeah you can, can just keep on keeping on. Yeah. I guess uh, we examine further. Uh, I don't want to move out to an opening, seeing that things are getting can rustling around. Can we navigate uh, the perimeter of the um, you the can, grove? especially with your. Was it Natural Explorer or something like that? Yeah, but I thought Natural Explorer just gave you the ability to move at a normal pace. If you didn't have Natural Explorer to give that benefit to you and Drews, then you would have disadvantage on stealth checks through this brush probably. Uh, okay, that makes sense. Do you feel comfortable navigating through the... I, I feel that I am not very stealthy, but I am willing to stay maybe a good 10 feet behind you and you navigate your way? I guess I could navigate without you. Uh, I don't want to not be there in case of a fight, but I'd be only 40 feet away. I'm more than, yeah, you've you've come up with a great plan. So yes, I'm going to sneak around the grove and inspect further. All right, give me a stealth check. 21. So you were going to the right or the left? The humanoid silhouette was was on on the right right side side of the green light. So you move along the right side of the grove, following the circumference of the grove. And as you get closer, you see the silhouette of this humanoid actually turns a little bit more horse-like and you're determining that this is probably a centaur. Does that mean anything to me? I mean, other I mean, than it's that, a it's fae. just a fae. It's a fae, and okay. the fae of the forest have been hostile recently. Okay. If you wish to fight a centaur, then... Um, do I know the strength of centaurs? Is there like a general strength for them, or can they range in, in abilities just like anything else yeah. can? Like, they, they, they would be a... A formidable opponent. Yes, it would be a formidable opponent. Okay. And then, uh, still though, the, there was the rustling of the brush. What has become of that? That is this centaur. Oh, that was the centaur. I thought there were two separate entities. There was the the brush rustling and then No, the you centaur. didn't notice anything on the left side of the green silhouette at all. Okay, all right. I guess at this point, what's my distance from the centaur? 20 feet. 20 feet. Um, can I tell what he's doing? He's just kind of pacing, patrolling maybe. I mean, it's really your call on what you think he may be doing. I just didn't know if he was like, you know, doing some weird hand oh, gestures, okay, gotcha. like some no, he looks just, like he's summoning something. He or... seems to be just standing there really and just kind of moving at small paces. I uh, cast wizard message and I say, do you have but a uh, report? And my reply and whisper, it appears to be a centaur surrounding this mystical pedestal that we've been searching for. I uh, then point towards the direction in which the centaur is. I cast message and I speak in the centaur's tongue saying, I am a friend seeking only knowledge. Do you come in peace? Huh? What, where are you? Phelan. 
You actually hear the centaur grunting loudly, but you don't understand the language. Okay. I assume it's your turn, because i got to wait the six seconds before I can do it again. Is, uh, not Is there anything you want to do while he talks to the centaur? Uh, maybe, like, not. No, I don't, I don't need to move at all. Okay. So, yeah, we don't have to do this in turns, then. All right. Uh, I say I am in a safe location till I know that you are a friend. I'm friend of friend. Who are you? I am a warlock sent here to unveil some mysteries of this forest. Mysteries? Yes, we have been told of an orb, and I want to know more of it. This orb? You can't, you can't have this orb. You see the centaur jump into the grove, and he starts screaming loudly, Where are you? We do not wish to have your orb. We merely wish to understand the mysteries of the forest. You can't come near this, I protect it. Is there a way that we can exchange information about the orb? Where are you? Give me a stealth check. 11. He spots you across the grove and he starts charging at you with a spear. Give me initiatives. Ooh, what a jerk. I was being extra friendly. So, Phelan, you are up first. Ooh. Surprise, surprise, man. All right. He's a jerk, dude. Let's kill him. Okay. Uh, I'm still under cover, correct? Yes. Like, uh, he's, yes. He's not aware of my They presence. are not aware of your... Uh, he's not aware of your Oh, I heard a they in there. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, don't show your presence. If it is, in fact, a they and not just a... A mistake that I said? Yeah. yeah. Uh, just a uh, slip of the tongue. Slip of the tongue. A slip of the tongue. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and utilize Hunter's Mark to mark the centaur. All right. So you have casted Hunter's Mark on the centaur. And the next is an arrow flies across the grove from the other side and it flies directly at you, Drews. What is your AC? 13. That is a hit. Six damage. This arrow did not come from the centaur in the center of the grove. It came from across the grove from the left side of the green light. I don't like that. Okay. Drews, now it's your turn. I move 10 feet forward and I say, I did not wish to do this and cast a uh, poison spray. Okay. 20 for constitution on the centaur, so he succeeds against your DC, I'm assuming? Yeah. Okay. Now the centaur with the spear runs closer to you and attacks you with its spear. And... This is not going good. It's a nine. Oh. Sweet. So he misses. No, not nine damage. Oh. oh. Yeah, oh. No, it's a nine attack. So yeah, the nine doesn't hit. The spear just kind of jabs into the ground in front of you. <laughs> and then... Phelan, it's your turn. Question about moving in stealth. How does that typically work? 
I mean, they're not focused on you right now, so you still technically have a surprise attack on them. I guess uh, the reason I ask is because I would like to fire an arrow, but make every attempt to remain in hiding, yes. I mean, if you fire an arrow, they'll have a perception chance to see if they find you. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and take my shot anyways. Okay. And that is a 22. 22 is a hit. And I'll strike him for 11 damage. The arrow flies true and hits the centaur on the left side. Another arrow flies towards you, Drews. And it's a crit. God dang it! 10 damage. <sighs> Hope you can solve this mystery on your own there. <laughs> All right, um, which would make it my turn? Correct. I guess I'll go ahead and uh, Eldritch Blast this creature in, a, right. in a hopes to uh, kill and maim or whichever. We're aiming for kill at this point. 17. 17 is a hit. 17 is a hit. So I hit him for a total of 11. 11 damage. You blast the centaur back and he actually stumbles down to like his horse knees and use the advantage of him falling to his knees for a second to step back 20 feet. Yeah, take a 20 foot step back. And you're into the brush of the forest out of the grove. Hopefully behind a tree of some sort. He stands back up and he seemed kind of confused. He actually turns towards you, Phelan, because of the arrow and now losing sight of Druce. And he tries to spot you in the forest. Could you give me a stealth check again? 13. Um, and then he just kind of stands in the grove, like spinning around in circles, trying to find both of you. And he starts to grunt loudly. And as he kind of starts to pound on the ground with his hooves in frustration, you start to feel a rumble and a tremor in the ground. Uh, give me a acrobatics check. 14. 12. You both remain standing on your feet and you don't fall because of this small tremor slash earthquake but you do see that the green light fades away. And then the white lights that were floating around the grove start to fly around real fast and sporadically. Give me a dexterity save. 18. Six. Phelan, as you are kind of confused by all this, you see one of the white lights flying straight at your head, and you quickly dodge, and you see the sprite fly right by your head. But, Bruce, unfortunately, a sprite comes flying around the tree that you're standing near and slashes you with his spear and misses and flies right past you. Phelan, it is now your turn. What's my distance from Druce at this point? He's dashed 20 feet back into the woods. Uh, we'll say about 30 or 40 feet. Okay, so I would like to make a movement towards him to close that gap. Okay. And then fire an arrow at the centaur. Are you trying to stay hidden still? No, at this point I'm... Okay. You run towards Druce through the brush on the side of the grove and fire an arrow at the opening while you're running. And you're shooting at the one of the spear, correct? Yes, the one that we've already injured. Uh, give me the attack. That is a 28. That's a hit. 19 damage to the centaur. <laughs> the arrow pierces high on the human half of the centaur, like underneath its armpit, and it looks to have pierced right into the heart, and the centaur just falls over and collapses. But then another arrow flies from across the grove right at you, Phelan. What's your AC? 16. That is a hit. Five damage. Um, after he shot you, give me a perception check. Both of you. 16. 
19. You actually spot the archer and you look across the grove where it was coming from and you see another centaur, but it's holding a long bow instead of a spear. Do we both see this? Yes, or? you both see okay. this. And Drew, it's now your turn. I cast uh, Eldritch Blast. Okay. 22. That's a hit. Five. All right, so you have blasted this archer with five damage, which easily makes him spottable for you, Balin, as it's now your turn. Okay, Hunter's Mark moves to the second centaur, okay. and uh, I will take the shot at him. Okay. Uh, that is uh, 29. That's it. 15 damage. All right, you pierce high on the uh, human half of the centaur's body again, but it's like underneath its ribs, and it pulls an arrow real quick and fires right back at you. All right. 16 is my armor. And it does hit for nine damage. All right, how about that? Is he shooting at me and not you? When the hunter's mark moves, does that count as one of my... No, it does not. Okay. I cast Eldritch Blast. All right. 17. That's a hit. That'd be 10. 10 damage. The centaur kind of falls back into the brush a little bit, and it's kind of covered by a tree now, but still is there and is looking to notch an arrow and aim back at you again, Phelan. But it's your turn. Go punch it. I can't close that distance. Put a, a boxing glove on the end of one of your arrows, and then I've seen that done. It worked. Cartoons. What if I just wanted to, like, choke him out? If you want to grapple him? Like, choke him, Yeah. Subdue him with, sure. with Can you choke out a horse? You're gonna be have you ever choked out a horse? You're gonna be choking on a horse, basically. They have a, no, I guess the neck person. of a man. Yeah. It's the neck of a man, but he's on a horse. Yeah, but yeah so like I could like mount him and then choke him out. Sure. Then. That's what you wanna do. Down. It's gonna take some checks. I just punch him, dude. And he's from the way and... he's phrasing this. How tall is he? A centaur? Yeah, how tall is a centaur? Because like if I gotta punch him, then I'm gonna have to like jump punch him. I'm not huge. You can't punch him in like a wound. Are you just like punching him like first? I gotta knock him out. The monster manual doesn't describe their height. Three feet tops. So, but I mean, it's a horse. If I punch him in the wound. If a man is sitting on a horse. Yeah, it's not really a man sitting on. Well, yeah, it kind of is. It is because it's the like belly button of the comes human out part like of its the, neck basically. Yes. So it's a little shorter. Like I just think you can four just inches punch or five it. inches depending on. But it's still probably significantly taller than me. Horses are huge, yes, right? Correct. Okay, so I can't just like deck this guy in the face. So I'm gonna have to mount him. Are you punch him in the rib cage? Like, aren't we just punching to zero? Are you gonna try and mount him, or are you gonna? How try does that? And punch how does that work? If I hit him in, like, if I if I do non-lethal damage to him, I'm trying to figure out the damage at this point. You start asking other questions, and I punch. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna shoot an arrow at this asshole. Twenty-six. That's a hit. 11 damage. You shoot the centaur in its upper left chest area, and the centaur falls. We are now out of combat. Uh, I do what I should have done in the beginning and use Eldritch Sight to see if there's any magical residue left in the area. You do not sense any magic. Great. I'd like to search the bodies of the centaurs to see if there's any sure. anything telling. Um, the only thing you really find on them is small sacks of nuts and berries and stuff. Then also a medallion around the human half of the centaur's neck. 
Can you describe the medallion to me, or is the yeah? It's got a crude like symbol on it, which you could assume is probably its Centaur clan symbol. Okay. Well, I'll hold on to the medallion. Okay. There was only one medallion. Two centaurs, one medallion. The other centaur also has the same style medallion, but it's like handmade itself as well. So it's not an exact match. Okay. So we'll keep both of them. Okay. Assuming I don't take on any encumbrance. That way the both of you can join the centaur clan. Yes. Or at least maybe trick them into thinking we're centaurs for a minute. I've been been pretty tricky. We've learned that earlier. (laughs) We could do like those zebra costumes where like you play the butt and I'll just be up front (laughs) and play Like, I have, dude, I'm totally a centaur. <laughs> Totes a centaur, bro. Like, I, hey, I think, Steve, I, hey, there he is. There's you, my guy. You'd, you'd have to be the butt because they would know by the pointy ears that you're not a centaur. Oh, uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're stupid. Right. Yeah, you do have a human top half at least. So. Okay, well, now that we got that sorted out. Hey, Phelan, on a scale from 1 to 27, 27 being me feeling in my tip-top shape, I'm about an 11 right now as far as <laughs> <laughs> health is concerned. I will uh, give you I'll give you 15 good berries, and I will also consume 10 good berries on okay. my own, which leaves me with a remainder of 5 good berries. I, I eat 14 of them and put one of them in my pocket. Okay. Um, after eating the good berries, you feel rejuvenated and healthy. So I feel like it would be important for us to search for this pedestal. Is it still in sight? The green glare has disappeared. But the pedestal itself is not there either. Ooh. You go over to the area where, the, where you had seen the pedestal. You see that it is not there, as we have just now mentioned. The green glare is also gone. But you do feel that underneath, like the ground here is uprooted and soft, like you had seen, like you had been following. In the same time. pattern? Yes. So every single instance of uprooted ground in a 40-ish foot area we've seen thus far has been where this pedestal has occurred or moved to, you know. There's no creature, though. Correct. That's what you're assuming at this point, now that you notice that this uprooted earth is exactly where you last saw the glare. Phelan, I I think that this might be the pedestal that's causing uh, the uprooted trees. Oh, and you've come to this conclusion entirely on your own. Fantastic. I agree with you. Give me investigation checks. (laughs) Gotcha. Nine. Seven. So yeah, y'all are standing there in the uprooted earth, just feeling the soft dirt underneath your feet. I begin to stroke my beard, and I I say, um, "Man, this is it's it's all coming to me now." And then and then I look down in defeat. Bluff check, or are we just gonna let that go? <laughs> I think that I made it pretty obvious that like I don't know what's going on. Okay, so you basically with that, I don't know that. I haven't been able to form the conclusion that I just formed out loud. <laughs> you don't know. You tell me. I you're, to... You can tell. No, everything we've talked about, you can tell. I did the investigation check to see if you find something else, but you did not oh, find okay. that something right. else. Okay, cool. All right. So, um, I don't really know where to go from here. I, we got to find it the same way we just found it and not make the mistakes that we just made by not using uh, my site to determine types of magic. We, we failed on that aspect. And also, uh, I have better plans of possibly getting that orb as opposed to talking to these creatures that otherwise I would have trusted. Give me a wisdom de- a wisdom save. 17. You've caught yourself 
commonly calling the sphere an orb. And now that you've said it this last time, you kind of paused as you realize that maybe this is one of the mythical four orbs. And if it's the green one, then you know it's the orb of creation. Give me a knowledge arcana check. 19. You actually kind of understand this moved earth a little bit because there's a spell called move earth. <laughs> That's real clever. Thank God for the guys who made D&D, huh? <laughs> I certainly couldn't have come up with that. So it seems that the pedestal is somehow using a type of moved earth spell to move itself away from danger or anything that could possibly be trying to take the orb. If it is one of the mythical four orbs. Phelan, I believe something has come to me. All of those things that just got said. <laughs> <laughs> and those things were, I, I, I didn't hear anything oh, it said. Yeah. I assume it's some well, sort of warlock uh, speak. In many of the teachings I have acquired over the years, uh, there's a lot of report of four orbs. One of those orbs is green in color, and if this is the orb that we are after, that would be the orb of life. Or perhaps creation? Uh, hold on, let me check my amalgam. Oh, see, life is on the amalgam, my B. Back to the orbs. <laughs> It's the orb of creation, and if it is the orb of creation, that makes some sense because it has a spell that allows you to move Earth. All of this information is, is very helpful, yes, but we still have to make some effort to find the orb once again, correct? Yes, uh, but any answers are positive to an investigator's investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Give me another investigation check. <laughs> Niner. That is looking like also a nine. <laughs> together, with the power <laughs> of investigative friendship, together you talk out loud and piece it out to get a bonus to your investigation checks. And you are able to determine <coughs> that the pedestal used this move earth spell to move away from you in this grove. So as you walk around in the night of this forest, you find a path that this is leaving again, and you're able to track the pedestal again. All right, so uh, I say we it keep just on leaves tracking a trail wherever it goes of moved earth. Fantastic. We'll follow the uh, the trail that this pedestal has left as it left, like it so often does. So you follow the path of this <laughs> moved earth and this pedestal that keeps moving for about an hour. And the path leads into a section of the forest that becomes less dense down on the ground. So there's not a lot of underbrush or anything like that. You look around into this area and you see that the trees are rather thin. Like you could almost uh, wrap your fingers, like your hands completely around the size of this tree but they reach very high up into the sky and the canopy of these trees is very dense, but there's no branches for about a hundred feet of these trees. And you look further into the distance of this area and you see this hill as you're walking around and on the other side of the hill, you see a green glare of a silhouette around this hill. So from like side to side of the hill, you see the green glare. 
I use uh, Eldritch Sight. You can detect magic, which is a 30-foot radius. You don't detect magic in the area. How far away is the hill and then, and I guess? Uh, we'll say about 100 feet from your vision right now. Okay, so, Drews, the, the green glow over there in the distance, yeah, you see it. Oh, yes, I just used a spell to detect magic. I have to be within 30 feet of said <laughs> object in order to detect it. But this spell happens to last for one hour's time. I think moving closer to said object will truly help my knowledge in this situation. So how about we make a stealthy approach to that hill and climb atop it? How about? So you move to the hill and climb to the top. And as you get to the top, you look down on the other side and about 50 feet away from the hill, like the hill's uh, bottom, you see the pedestal and the orb. And it's putting like a green light around the area. Give me perception checks. 13. 21. You both kind of scan the area knowing that you just fought centaurs a couple hours ago, making sure that there's nothing in the area following the pedestal. And with your keen sense, Phelan, you look around and you see nothing other than just this pedestal and orb. No creatures around at all. Druce, the area seems clear. I Are we within 30 feet? No, 50 feet. You're on top of the hill and it's about 50 feet from the bottom of the hill. Well, you have proven yourself sneaky. Uh, if you think you can sneak closer some way by going down the back of the hill and up around the side, I would suggest that. Or, I mean, we could just beeline for it. In fact, I can create that same servant that you had not seen earlier. He, he can stay a distance of 10 feet. 60 feet from you. 60 feet. He can go grab that thing, run it back to us while you're firing arrows at anything that might seem to uh, want to follow. Is there any, what's, is there like brush within the area, like the pedestal? No, no there's no brush. It's really open area. It's, yeah, like this whole area around you, okay. you can't see like any bushes or anything. These so, trees seem to have just grown straight out of the ground with nothing else around. Is there any means for us to get you close enough to it that you're thinking grab it? We're already close enough. No, 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 because we're like 100 feet away from the pedestal. Totally. Oh, we are. Yeah, you're on top of the hill. Oh, and then you it's 50 the feet from the base of the hill. 50 feet from the base of the hill. Uh, okay, so we have 40, 40 feet. I can, I can move down there, and yeah, but you just—I don't want to, for fear that it might fly away again or whatever it does. Okay, uh, so we need to sneak to within. I don't want to move the Earth away from us. I okay. rather like the Earth near us. Roger. Yeah, we can try to sneak around if that. Is there any sneak? Can we sneak? It's the stealth check. Um, I would want to go back down the hill the back way and then go around. Okay, we'll do that. Okay, so the two of you walk back down the hill okay. on the other side, away from the orb, and you're going to go around the hill. We'll just say to the left. Does it matter? Uh, you tell me, dude. Uh, to, to, the, to the right. You want to go to the right? All right, so you go to the right, and you make your way to the bottom of the hill on the other side. Yeah. And the orb is still there on top of the pedestal. hasn't moved. And our current distance? 50 feet. Do your thing. Uh, I, I, I cast Unseen Servant. Okay. So you cast Unseen Servant, and the servant does your bidding. Uh, I say walk 60 feet from me, make your way past the orb 10 feet, and then at your full speed, run, grab the orb, and continue your way towards us until you are five feet in front of me and stop. Okay. 
the servant, without any kind of verbal response, just starts moving. And you can see like little footprints in the ground of the soft dirt that the pedestal has left in, in its tracks. The unseen servant gets about 20 feet away from the pedestal, and you see the footprints disappear and stop. Whoo! I say, uh, come, come, come back. It doesn't. Whoo! Nice. Nice. I like it. Uh, what is primeval awareness? Tells you if there's any fey in the area. Uh, I don't feel like that really helps. It helps if there's any fey in the area. But it's a six mile radius. Oh, there really won't help dang. in that area because yeah. there would certainly be <laughs> fey in the area. Uh, maybe we can walk around it the same distance we are now just to ensure there's nothing else that's about to pop out at us. Are there the sprites? There are no sprites. There are no sprites. So during the last encounter with this thing, there were sprites. the sprites were there and they were like, when the thing disappeared, or shortly before the thing disappeared, they were all spinning around like crazy. One of them attacked you, you know. Yeah. We might have time. Okay, that's fine. To just blitz and grab it. Uh, I, I also want to be able to read any possible markings on it or be able to determine the type of magic pedestal and the orb itself. Uh, so being closer might be helpful just for me to be within 30 feet. So how about we move to within 30 feet and then if anything starts happening, we blitz. Okay. Blitz to grab or blitz, blitz to... Blitz to grab. Okay. Blitz to grab. Does that sound stupid to you? Um, nope. Sure. I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you get to about the distance that the servant got to, which was 20 feet. 20 feet. So you can, you're a little bit further behind that. So we'll say 25. 25 feet. So that's within feet. your 30 foot radius for you to detect magic. Yes. You detect a lot of magic. Oh, I detect it. And also along the sides of the pedestal in about two inch high writing, you see some writing going around the pedestal. I begin to circle the pedestal while reading the writing. Give me a perception check. 10. You'll have to get a little closer to read it. Well, I move to the 21 foot mark. You need to get a little closer. Make it 20. Um, okay. See, at that 20 feet is where what I'm afraid of. Can you just like maybe fire an arrow in there or something to see that like death doesn't come at 20 feet? Because I can try and fire an arrow into the immediate area, but I won't fire an arrow at the orb. I feel like that's a bad idea. I'll just fire it like to the right of the orb or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't want you to hit All the right. orb. So I'll do that. I'll fire into it. the ground or just past it. Uh, like kind of past it, just through the, through the area. So you lightly shoot an arrow through the area of the orb, and nothing happens to the air. Okay, maybe uh, like a containment animal. How how bit. how well can you can you see? Uh, can you describe the writing on? <laughs> without me having the eyesight to do it. Do I have pen and paper in my adventurer's rucksack? You don't. Yeah, let's, let's just approach the pedestal. I don't see much other re way to, to go about this. Uh, I move in one step at a time uh, until I am close enough to read. Okay. Are you moving into it with I'm going to stay, stay like a, a couple of feet behind. Okay. But I'd stay right at that 20 foot where We didn't talk about this previously before you started moving, Damn. so I'm just going to do what I want. Uh, I'm going to stay a couple feet behind him. But go in. Ready. The I want to be like in full sprint, like ready to take off. Okay. I'm going to grab this thing like it's happening. All right. Give me the cartwheel. Oh, shit. A perception check again. 
19. Alright, so you get about 5 feet away from the pedestal, and you start walking around the pedestal in a circle, like at a 5 foot radius, and you read, Hidden away, the orbs are safe, but an orb discovered signals Asus in danger. The name rhyme. What kind of fucking riddle is this? Hidden They're supposed to rhyme, right? away, the orbs are safe. But an orb discovered signals Asus in danger. Do I recognize uh, Asus in danger? Do you recognize it? Uh, do I recognize uh, the Asus type is the name of, writing? of the world? No. Oh, okay. The type of writing is celestial. So, uh, so I I begin reading and walking around. Uh, and then I, I turn to my elf friend and I go, uh, "That's not really how to pronounce it, but here's what it says." Uh, Hidden away, the orbs are safe. But when the orbs together, Ace is in danger. Right. But an orb discovered, Ace is in danger. Oh, orb discovered signals Ace is in danger. So at this point. Druce, you are absolutely certain that this is one of the four mythical orbs. Look, there's a few things I know. <laughs> Being a level three warlock. And as you contemplate <laughs> the, the vast amount of knowledge this could give to the Crimson Command, you feel tremors underneath your feet again, both of you. Give me acrobatics checks. No! 17, uh, 12. The tremors are very aggressive. Drews, you are unable to stand on your feet and you fall to your knees. And you kind of fall towards the pedestal and you put your hands onto the pedestal but not the orb. So you're just trying to hold yourself steady. Phelan, you're able to steady yourself but you notice that outside of this area, it seems calmer. Like it, it seems like the, the tremor is really aggressive and near the pedestal but the further you're away from it, even by like one foot, changes it completely so around you it's relatively calm you're like 20 feet away though and so you step back out of that 20 foot range and you don't feel the tremor at all what am i supposed to do with that so you hold on to the pedestal as long as you can and you just start to pull yourself up a little bit and you like bring your face up to the pedestal and you look directly into the orb you get entranced by this orb. Now I can't do nothing. And you start to reach out towards the orb. Phelan, you feel a much larger tremor in the burst way behind you. I'll turn to look. You turn to look and the hill that you had climbed up on and then climbed down has started to grow higher. And as you watch from a distance, this hill grow higher and higher, you feel like a big, and then another big, and you see gaps underneath the hill start to open up. And as the hill stretches upwards, it turns humanoid shaped, and it's an earth golem walking towards you. Oh Lord. Uh... You turn back to look to Druce, and you see him reaching out to the orb. And as his hand gets closer, you notice that the earth, 20 foot radius around the pedestal starts to grow higher as his hand gets closer. And as he touches the orb, the earth collapses in all around him and buries him underground. You turn back and you see the earth golem has made its first step toward you. And with an elf swiftness, you run. It's horseshit, Dave.
what a jerk. I'm going to start lying to these creatures from, from this point. I am your god. <laughs> We're here for anything except that orb. We're definitely not here for that. Your wife and child are burning. Go put them out. <laughs> we centaurs do not breed. We are simply congealed in puddles. Right? That's right. Yeah. Oh, um, damn. I knew that, though, because I'm a level three warlock. Okay. If I punch him for non-lethal damage, using, like, subdual damage, I should say, will he potentially go unconscious if he hits zero? Or yes. He will go unconscious if he hits zero. Okay. I can fade presence. In the so I don't necessarily have to punch him in the face down. to knock him out. Do they even have subdual in fifth edition anymore? You tell me, bro. You're the DM. Thought you've done this a couple times. No one's tried to punch him. What'd you do, Deidre? How do I beat this thing? <laughs> what happens after? What's the end of the story? <laughs> Tell me how this ends so I know how to win. <laughs>